I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Paul is a prisoner in Rome for Jesus Christ. The people who are the church in Ephesus are going through many troubles. And imprisonment is not out of the question for them. So they're worried and pressured. Should we compromise our Christian walk to protect ourselves? Can we do that? Is standing together really all that necessary? Might be safer if we split up. Paul says, no, you cannot compromise your walk. Yes, you must stand together. Okay, all right, Paul. How do we do it? Well, to achieve verses 1 and 3, particularly the unity of the verse 3, you have to have that which is in verse 2. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Last time we discussed these verses, we discovered that humility gets us in the game. Okay, You have to be humble to gain salvation, to be indwelled by the Spirit. In these words, the Holy Spirit, through Paul, shows us that gentleness and patience are required to maintain unity. The good news is, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Unlike humility, which must characterize our souls before the Spirit takes up residence there, gentleness and patience are a natural outgrowth of His presence in our souls. These are traits that will grow in us if we are, as Paul said earlier to the Ephesian church, sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Unity. How do we achieve and maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? With all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another. Today, we want to consider gentleness. Or as the Old English had it, Meekness, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Kind of like that old English sometimes. Let me introduce you to a great old resource, Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words. Okay, In it, he says this, The meaning of the Greek word translated meekness in those old versions is not readily expressed in English. For the terms meekness and mildness, commonly used, suggest weakness to a greater or less extent, whereas the Greek does nothing of the kind. I spent my grade school years in Boise, and my mom had a beautiful yard, particularly her roses. People used to just stop. Driving down the street, they would stop and come and say, could I buy one of your roses? I mean, they were gorgeous. She was so proud of her yard, and she always wanted to win the city's Lawn of the Week award. You know, they get her name in the paper, picture. They put your picture in the paper every week. So my dad thought it was particularly funny when he saw a picture in the paper of a decrepit yard 
it was just terrible. And it had a hand-lettered sign that said, Lawn of the Week, W-E-A-K. <laughs> he really liked that. But meek is not weak, okay? That's not what we're saying. Vine goes on concerning this special Greek word, Nevertheless, it is difficult to find a rendering less open to objection than meekness. Gentleness has been suggested, but as the Greek word describes a condition of the mind and heart, and as gentleness is appropriate rather to actions, this word is no better than that used in both English versions. You get a feeling for the time when Vine's work was done, there were only two English versions in common use then. I think we probably have 400 now. And since the time Dr. Vine finished his monumental work, it's absolutely fantastic. You, you should really get a copy. English has kind of shifted a bit, okay? Both the words gentle and meek now point as much to actions as to one's mindset. Still, we, we can go back to Dr. Vine and get a better understanding. It must be clearly understood, therefore, that the meekness manifested by the Lord and commended to the believer is the fruit of power, the common assumption is that when a man is meek, it is because he cannot help himself. But the Lord was meek because he had the infinite resources of God at his command. <laughs> Jesus could be meek, gentle, precisely because he is the person of the Son. He is God. So he could be meek. So what is meek? <laughs> what, what is it to be gentle in heart? In Vine's work, we read that it is closely linked with the word humility and follows it in Ephesians 4.2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love. To try to grasp this, let's look to the example of Jesus. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Paul doubles up here, if you will. He uses our word for meek that we're considering, or gentle, along with another word for gentleness that definitely points to actions. In fact, the only other time it's used in the New Testament is translated kindness in the ESV. So Jesus possessed both a mindset of meekness, a heart of meekness, and he acted in gentleness. He said himself, take my yoke upon you and lean on me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Being like Jesus in both our gentle actions and meek heart will produce in our inner being a restfulness of soul. You ever worked really hard at something? I mean, wore yourself up, but you found your soul at ease. You knew you were doing what God wills for you to do. Busy, but filled with peace. Let's look at an, an instruction from Jesus. Jesus told a crowd of Jewish believers, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The world thinks that it's the strong, the dominant, will possess the earth. They're wrong. <laughs> okay? God will reward those who have a gentle spirit with everything, actually. <laughs> All of it. And that's great. But are we really clear as to what it means to be meek yet? <laughs> let's, let's look at some instructions to the early church that are for us. Peter gave these instructions to Christian women of his day. 
But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Quiet helps define gentle. And it does not mean silent, by the way. The Old English, in Old English, silent meant what we now mean by quiet. So it gets a little confusing. It does point to a person, though, who doesn't have to be heralding their knowledge, you know. Uh, I, I understand everything. You know, not that kind of person. It's someone who can listen as well as explain truth. So back to Vine. The Greek word denotes gentle, mild, meek in Scripture. It consists not in a person's outward behavior only, nor relations to his fellow man. It is an inwrought grace of the soul and the exercises of it are first and chiefly towards God. So we understand a little better what he means when Paul says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. It's helpful, as we try to understand this verse, if we recognize here an old friend, the chiasm. <laughs> New Testament writings do not always put things in the order of importance from beginning to end like we usually do. So often the center point is the main point. So we have compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. The compassionate heart possesses patience. Kindness helps us define meekness. The gentle person acts in kindness. And it all flows from humility. Okay, So meekness is demonstrated in kind actions. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. How do you find out if a person is wise in gentleness? Well, if you watch them long enough, you'll know. I mean, you can learn that way. But you could also do what Solomon did. You could pull a sword out. Remember? Which one's telling the truth here? Who's the real mom? Bring me a sword, use it on the child, and give each woman half. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> what? Well, what happened? One woman was willing to sacrifice the boy rather than to give up what she wanted. The other had true meekness and was willing to save her son even though she would never see him again. People who don't have gentleness in their souls will sell anything and anyone to satisfy their own desires. People who exude meekness will sacrifice all they have and are for others. Let's go back to the instructions Paul gave to the Colossian church, that one with the chiasm. It's especially helpful because he wrote it to the Ephesians about the same time, probably maybe even the same day. So it most directly helps us to understand where he's going here. Instructions for the church. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. 
Dr. Vine said, meekness is that temper of the spirit in which we accept his, God's, dealings with us as good and therefore without disputing or resisting. I know you were thinking we were talking about people here. Wasn't I supposed to forgive people and forbear with people? But it's not about the people, you see. It's really about God. Bearing with one another, putting up with the wrong things other believers do around and even to us? How is it that a person with true humility who can be kind and gentle bears with others doing wrong? How do you bear that? Well, because we know that we are God's chosen ones. And if He chose us, does He not care for us? Even in the midst of abuse? Even abuse at the hands of other believers? Will He care for us? That's why we put on gentleness. Because we know we are loved and cared for by the infinite Creator God. Okay, We can have meek spirits. Even in the face of pretty direct sin. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We don't have to be belligerent towards those who have fallen into sin. We won't be if we allow the Spirit to fill us so that the fruit of gentleness flows out of us. But then what about those who don't believe? We need some instructions to the church for the world. Paul guided the early church to, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. I'm sorry, Peter guided the early church to In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. So, who is it that's holy? It's not our fight. (laughs) Even if we're caught in the middle of it, it's not ours. The conflict belongs to Christ Jesus. That's whose it is. Peter, by the way, is in the midst of instructions on how to deal with persecution. So when he says, anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, he's talking about people who may be threatening their very lives. Answer gently, (laughs) with respect. For a gentle person will know how to show respect to others. Even officials who are antagonistic toward us Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Authorities like who can't balance a budget. <laughs> rulers who want to protect their own pet projects so badly that they won't compromise to get a government funded. Okay? Let's not speak evil of them. Let's avoid quarreling with those that are caught up in the argument. We need to be gentle and show perfect courtesy because we have something more important to talk about than even the failure of a great nation. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. 
God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Our message is about the truth. If we solved every problem our government had, every single problem our government had, what would it accomplish? You know, tomorrow we'd have a whole other handful of them. Right? The Lord's servant has an opportunity to introduce them to true change, to repentance, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. It could work. Why do they want to quarrel? Why are they so enraged? Because they've been captured by Satan to do his will. That's why. We need to say to them with James, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. All your worries, all your quarreling achieves nothing. It is the state of your soul that matters. But does the gentle heart always behave gently? (laughs) Is it possible that there could be some boldness in Christ? Paul wrote to a very troubled church, And he said, what do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love in a spirit of gentleness? No, wait, Paul. How how can you threaten a rod after teaching so much about meekness and gentleness? Dr. Vine gives us a clue. Described negatively, meekness is the opposite to self-assertiveness and self-interest. It is equanimity of spirit that is neither elated nor cast down simply because it is not occupied with self at all. The meek are steady in who they are because they really aren't thinking about themselves at all. (laughs) I have a new favorite song. It's called Outcast. There's this line in it that's repeated a number of times. I know who I am. The true Christian isn't bothered when somebody cast them out. (laughs) Why doesn't it bother us that we're an outcast? Because I know who I am. I'm a child of the living God. Okay? I don't need to defend myself. Our Father holds us in His hands. You might think you've cast me out, but the truth is the Creator of all things chose me in Christ before time began. And these petty attacks, they just don't really touch me. I know who I am. Paul could be assertive (laughs) because he wasn't concerned with himself at all. He was concerned for them in Christ Jesus. And why, why are people so occupied with self? Why should I have to do that? What about my feelings? I've got my rights, you know. (laughs) Well, if they're in the world, they probably first defend themselves because they think nobody else will. (laughs) They don't really trust anybody. And they're probably right. (laughs) Who could blame them for looking to the welfare system to make sure they are well? Why shouldn't they depend on the government, a nameless, faceless bureaucracy, not some person who might hurt them? I mean, who else is there? 
But what about Christians? Why do Christians sometimes defend themselves? <laughs> well, maybe it's because they don't trust either. Maybe because we don't trust God, really. Maybe we don't really believe He holds us in His hands. All this that we've talked about, meekness, about gentleness, it's important to remember as we read this next narrative, the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem to the temple and in the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there and making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. And he told those who sold pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. This is the one who said he was meek and lowly? <gasps> well, yeah. Gentleness is not weakness. This next pair of scriptures may help us. In the first letter to the Corinthian church, Paul wrote about a man who is committing a terribly vile sin. You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Wow. The gentle heart is nevertheless willing to see a man's flesh destroyed if it means his soul will be saved in the end. The good news is is this punishment often works and people sometimes do repent and turn their lives around before they die. <laughs> In his second letter to this church, Paul addressed their actions to a sinning believer who had repented for such a one. This punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn and forgive and comfort him or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. Meekness is ever ready to forgive and comfort those who have suffered the pain of punishment from the gentle and because of it have reaffirmed their willingness to walk after Christ. Gentleness is steady. It's, it's solid. There's this story, I, I don't know if it's true. It's of this ship that's sailing in the dark and it spies a light directly ahead of it, dead in the water, not moving. Radio's not available, so they flash a light in Morse code. We are on a collision course. Move to avoid a wreck. Someone sees the signal and he answers. Change your course immediately. The captain's incensed, and he immediately flashes back, this is Captain Jones of the U.S. Navy. Move out of our way now. To which was answered, this is Private First Class Smith. Change your course now. <laughs> the captain, purple in rage, shoots back. We are a battleship and I am ordering you to move. The private answered back, and I am a lighthouse. Change your course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gentleness is like that. It doesn't seek a conflict, but it also doesn't run from one. Meekness rarely attacks, but it never abandons the truth. 
You know, the rock of Gibraltar, big rock, it never leaps out and attacks a ship going into the Mediterranean. Never does. But, you know, woe to the vessel that seeks to defy that rock. Okay? To say it another way, for the gentle, there is always a specific purpose in using a rod. Titus pastored a particularly tough group. Paul said, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. (laughs) Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Another quote from Vine, It is the humble heart which is also meek and which as such does not fight against God. I would add that gentleness is an attitude of dependence on God. Teaching people that are young in the faith, like Titus was, about gentleness may require sharp rebuking because we don't want them fighting against God. Gentleness can be pretty tough when it's the best thing for that other person. So what should we learn from all this? First, well, get in the game, you know, be humble. (laughs) Work to maintain unity. Work at it. Be meek, gentle. And this is a natural outgrowth of letting the Spirit fill you, letting Him control your life. Jesus was our ultimate example. And he promised an inheritance for those who are meek. The scriptures give some pretty specific instructions to the church. And some of them are pretty tough. But we can tell who has a spirit of gentleness. By waiting or maybe by using a sword. Even working with the world though, we must live meekness they might come to their senses. (laughs) There are times when we may need to be bold, but this should always be to help others become sound in the truth, in the faith, that their souls may be saved in the end. That's the goal. Gentleness can be pretty solid, but we've got to develop it in our spirits. We have to work at this. It's important for our own well-being. It's important for those now in the church, for us here. It's important for those who will be in the church. It is vital in all of its aspects to maintain unity in the church. That's what you've got to have if you're going to make it. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much in humility which You allowed us to have. (laughs) We came to You through Your Son. And the Spirit has sealed us, made us his possession. And one day, we will get to live eternally with you in perfection. We will have gentleness down pat. We'll do it just right. Uh, However, we are here now, (laughs) and we don't always do well.
So we pray that You would allow us to to let Your Spirit control us a little more. (laughs) Let Your Spirit fill us a little more until we can control ourselves and be gentle. Gentle in heart. Willing to do whatever it takes. If it means a sacrifice of ourselves or what we have to help others, that's what we want. Help us to be in that place, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.